Today is May 23rd, and tomorrow we have conference play, or not conference play, conference tournaments starting in college baseball. This is the Boys of Spring podcast, episode number 10. I am Ryan Miller. I'm joined by Ben Bellotti and Pete Flaherty. I'll start with you, Pete. How's it going, and are you getting excited for the Cape League season? Good, man. I'm fired up both for the Cape and the conference tournament selection Monday. If you're a college baseball fan, this is this is the best time of year. So I know I'm fired up just like you guys. Yeah. Ben, how's it going? It's going great, man. It's a beautiful day out. It's been beautiful for the past couple of days. And it's even better when you get to watch, you know, absolute great conference tournaments. It's going to be an exciting time. And Pete, for those of you on you, for everyone on YouTube watching, are you wearing a hat with your initials on it, man? No, even better. Actually, <laughs> a, a thousand times better. This is Pete Frady's. Uh, for oh, perfect. Know. perfect. I should have known. Oh, yeah. So we got Pete Frady's number three, strikeout ALS hat. Um, for those who don't know, Pete was a Boston College baseball player, unfortunately diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, and he championed the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, raised, yeah, him and his family have raised millions for ALS research, and it's an awesome hat and even better cause. Perfect. All right, so let's let's head into some of these conference tournaments. We'll start with the ACC. And what I'm going to do before we dive into some analysis of the tournament is I'm just going to go over kind of how the games are going to get played, how the teams are going to get selected, and how's ev- how everybody's going to get eliminated. So in the ACC, there's four pools. Pool A is Virginia Tech, UNC, and Clemson. Pool B is Louisville, Georgia Tech, and Pitt. Pool C is Miami, Wake Forest, and NC State. And Pool D is Notre Dame, Virginia, and Florida State. So they're all going to play each other one time, and the best record out of that pool will move on into into the bracket. Now, if there's a tie for the record, the team with the highest seed in that pool coming into the tournament will advance. And then after that, um, I believe it is single elimination after that. Pete, is that correct? Have you looked into this? <laughs> we were texting about it earlier. It's a freaking yeah. maze. I that sounded like a good synopsis to me. So we'll roll with that. I can't imagine it's too far off. Yeah. So it looks like there's going to be the semifinals or the pool winners. Looks like they face each other one time in the championship game. So kind of different, but kind of cool in the same sense that a lot of teams play a lot of other teams. And there's some, there's some really good teams in this, in this tournament here. So Ben, I'll start with you. Who do you like as maybe an underdog to win the whole thing? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I've been in love with Florida State this entire year, but are they even considered an underdog? I know they fell off the top 25, so they've been playing not as great baseball as of late, but I feel like Florida State can almost be seen as an underdog when, you know, teams like Miami and Notre Dame, um, Virginia Tech, or even Wake, you know, they've been playing as of late better than Florida State. So I guess I'll go with, I'll go with Florida State as an underdog. Now, the one thing that I noticed – with a couple of these teams is Virginia Tech and Louisville played, I believe it was last weekend and Virginia Tech looked very good there. So I think that they are ultimately the team to beat Pete. What do you see in this, in this bracket? Yeah, no, I think, um, I think Ben has a really good underdog pick with Florida state. They only had Hubbard throw one inning on Sunday. So they're, they're kind of lying. Granted he got hit around um, and they had Messick throw six. So I think it all depends on how they want to use their pitching. They really can't. 
their RPI is so good. I think they're in the in a regional anyways. Um, but I think Florida State's a good underdog pick. There's the ACC is the deepest conference I think in college baseball this year. You look at the seeds. I think really anyone in this tournament, maybe except a a pit, can could could win it conceivably. I I think that you're going to need pitching depth with the amount of games that you're going to be playing in such a short amount of time. So. I could see a team like NC state kind of running out of gas, uh, Georgia tech. They've, they might have the best offense in the whole thing, but pitching is, is, is really an issue. Um, so I'm kind of zeroed in on, I like Louisville a lot to, yeah. to win this tournament. They're playing really good baseball. And that's not to say the others aren't Virginia tech and Miami and Louisville are the, maybe the best one through three conference tournament seeds in the country right now. Um, so if I had to go and, and make a pick, I'd, I'd say Louisville to win it all. Their offense is really good top to bottom. It's a long lineup. They've got really good pitching depth, both starting-wise and in their bullpen. They've got guys like Jared Pullen, Tate Keener, Riley Phillips, um, Carson Liggett, Ryan Haw. I mean, I could kind of just name their whole pitching staff, and they'll give you a good inning or two. Um, a team to watch that – Again, like Ben with Florida State, it's, it's not even really a sleeper. It's Wake Forest. I think that coming off a sweep of NC State, they're rolling into this tournament. They're feeling really good. Um, they've got arms, and their offense can really hit, and they don't have to travel far for the tournament. Um, so I, I think Wake's going to make some noise. Um, I think NC State could obviously make some noise. Um, and then I think a team that no one's going to talk about because they get overshadowed by the top four is UVA. Um, yeah. They're another team where they are incredibly deep. They're experienced. They've got great coaching and Brian O'Connor. So I guess long story short, I'd pick Louisville to win it. Um, but I would not be completely baffled should a team like an NC State or Georgia Tech win it. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely going to be a dogfight, too, because there's no real clear winner. I mean, some might say Virginia Tech, but there there's teams that have been in the top 10 in the AP poll, or not the, well, the top 25, throughout the entire year. So tomorrow, they start at 11 a.m., Pitt and Georgia Tech, 3 p.m., Wake Forest, NC State, and then 7 p.m., UNC and Clemson. So let's move on to the Pac-12. This is another one where there are some good teams in here and there's definitely some sleepers. So Ben, we'll start with you again, because I know that we were just talking about this before we recorded. Who do you like in this bracket? Yeah, for the Pac-12, I, I know Stanford's really come on the scene as of late. I know we were talking about that a lot. They just kind of came back out of nowhere and started winning out for the rest of their season. Um, I really like Oregon as an underdog. I, they're, they're definitely not one of the strongest teams, but I think in the Pac-12, aside from Oregon, it's, for me, it's either Oregon State or Oregon. And I think Oregon State is obviously the clear number one pick to win it. I think we pretty much would all agree with that. But I really like the way Oregon has been swinging it recently and playing baseball. They finished strong, um, good series against Arizona. I know we talked that, about that before we even start recording. I just like Oregon. I mean, this with the bottom half of the conference – it's not that strong. I feel like they could have an easy path to be underdogs and win it. Pete. Yeah. Um, 
one underdog that I've got my eye on and I'm looking at this lower pot of the bracket is, um, is Cal Berkeley. They're another team that's playing really good baseball. You look at their record, you see 28 and 25, you might not think much of it, but they've been in a lot of games. They've lost a lot of close games. They almost went down to Tallahassee and took a series. Um, they're similar to wake where they're kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. I know, in their first game on Wednesday, I think they've got, um, I don't know who exactly they're throwing, but I know Josh White is on full rest. And for the listeners out there, Josh White came into this season as a pretty heralded pitching prospect, both in the college ranks and as a draft guy, he threw for Team USA. He hasn't really quite had the stuff everyone expected him to, but he's finally got to rest a little bit. And this is a UCLA team that they played with. And if they can get a good start from Josh White, their offense is really good with um, Dylan Beavers at the top. Nathan Martorella has had an outstanding season for him. I think he's, he's had the most hits in a single season for them since Andrew Vaughn. Um, and he's hitting 345. He's a legit draft prospect. So I think they're going to hit. It's all about pitching for him. They're young on the mound. And if they can get a good start from Josh White to set the tone and have that rub off on the staff, they're a team that could make some noise. They, they, they could run into a buzzsaw in Oregon State, but UCLA, don't be shocked if they give them a game or even win it on Wednesday. But to win it all, uh, I, I think I got to go Stanford. Uh, it's a chalk pick. It's a square pick, but they're – sizzling right now and they've figured out who fits in what role we were talking about it early in the season we were like look Stanford's great but right now they they just don't really know who fits where in this lineup and in the staff like are they do they start Braden Montgomery do they use them in the back end what do they do with guys like Quinn Matthews so they've had it figured out for the last three to four weeks now and have quietly I think because they're out west played himself into a top eight national seed. So I think they have a really favorable draw up top. They've got Arizona to go through, I think, who's got a great offense with Chase Davis, Daniel Susack. But I think pitching wise, no one's deeper than Stanford. I think Cooper Jerpy is obviously the best individual pitcher in the tournament. And so it's going to be interesting where Oregon State wants to use him. But I think Stanford makes it out of that top group and they match up with I think they match up with Oregon state. I think Oregon state could lose a game and come out of the loser's bracket and still make it. So I got Stanford, Oregon state with Stanford winning it. That such a vanilla pick, but I, I can't really see it going any other way. I, UCLA could also make some noise. Um, yeah. They're, they're really freaking good. So I hate that at all. Yeah. You know what? I'll say, I'll say uh, Stanford, UCLA and Stanford winning it. I'm not going to go all chalk. Now, it looks like Stanford kind of has the easiest path to advance. They play the number eight seed in Arizona State to start. And then if they do win that game, they play the winner of Arizona and Oregon. So it's it's kind of an easier path. But before we go to the next conference, which is the Big Ten, I'm just going to go over what the rules are and how people move on. So it's double elimination. It's a classic bracket. Arizona and Oregon will play on Wednesday at noon, I yeah, okay, so that's noon Eastern time. Then it's going to be Stanford, Arizona State, then Oregon State and Washington and Cal and UCLA. This will all happen on Wednesday. And then the other games will kind of follow with that, as I said before, double elimination. So um, this is off top. We're just going to end the meeting and then restart. I'll just cut from there.
It's, it's, okay. it's telling me that I only have four minutes left or five minutes, so. No, no worries. All right, let's stop recording. Now we go to the Big Ten, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. There are some really interesting matchups here and some underdog teams that could go all the way. Obviously, the team to beat is Maryland, and this is how the games stack up. So we're going to start on Wednesday with Iowa-Penn State at 9 a.m., then it's Rutgers-Purdue at 1, Maryland and Indiana at 5, and then Illinois and Michigan at 9. Pete, I'll start with you this time. Who do you like in this bracket? The popular pick and the pick that I think 85% of people are going to go with is Maryland. They've looked really dominant the last, man, probably month plus, month and a half. And they've got it all. They're another team that if you're looking for someone who's geared for a deep run, whether it's a conference tournament or going to Omaha, They've got what you need. They've got really good pitching with Savakul, Ramsey, Nick Dean. They have good bullpen arms. Um, their lineup is outstanding. What's been a key for them is Matt Shaw woke up. He got off to a slow start. Um, everyone was expecting him to go crazy, and he didn't really do that up until really early May, and then he just it literally exploded. He ended up with, I think, 21 home runs, hit over 300. Um, so he's back to the player that everyone thought he was going to be even exceeded that. So I think looking at that lower pod, Maryland's got a relatively easy path to that championship game on Sunday, but Illinois is a, is a team to keep an eye on for me down there to maybe give them a challenge. Their, their best arm Cole Kershaper. Um, if Illinois should beat Michigan, um, I don't know if they'll throw them on short rest or what, but if Illinois can beat Michigan, um, they line up with Kershaper potentially throwing against Maryland, and that's where Maryland could maybe lose. Kershaper is going to be a pretty high draft choice this year, not top four, maybe top five rounds, probably top six to eight rounds, but he's a pitchability lefty. He's got really good stuff. He's, he's deceptive, but Illinois is a team down there that I like uh, to maybe – knock off Maryland I do think Maryland gets there but Iowa is a team that I'm kind of enamored with up top not only to make it out of that bracket but to win the Big Ten um, they've got Adam Mazur Dylan Nedved Brody Brecht they've got Ty Langenberg they've got a lot of good arms and they've gotten good quality starts from all of them if Adam Mazur is on there's probably no better pitcher in the conference um and so it again and they can really swing it we saw it over the weekend with indiana they they won like 30 to 16 one day that was ridiculous but peyton williams is the guy that makes that offense go they've got other guys who who swing it well um so iowa is my sleeper pick i've got iowa and maryland and i've actually got iowa winning the big 10 and ben before we go to you i do agree that maryland is Probably, maybe not far and away the best team, but there's definitely a gap there between them and the next best. And when it comes to seeding, the number two seed is actually Rutgers, and they've had a great year. I believe that they've won over 40 games, if I'm not mistaken. But when you look at the RPI, Maryland is ranked third in the entire country, and then Rutgers is at 40. So it's a little bit tough to justify a, a hard take of a Rutgers win here. But Ben, how do you see that all stacking up? 
Yeah, I personally really like the Rutgers win. I, I agree that Maryland is the pick that's going that everyone's going to take the safe pick, and for very good reason. Uh, you know, Pete went over it why they're one of the top picks and why they'll have great success in the conference tournament. But Rutgers, I think, I mean, their lineup is really good. If there is there anything that struggles, it's their starting pitching. But their lineup, they have, I think, everyone in the starting lineup. I think their first probably six hitters are all hitting over three hundred. Uh, Nick Samillo's like probably seventh or eighth in the country in batting average. Um, Ryan Lesko is having a really good season. Mo- the five guys in their lineup have double-digit homers and uh, three have double-digit stolen bases. The- when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, they're a really complete team. And their bullpen, they have a lot of guys in the pen too that are really consistent. For them, it's just going to be making sure their offense gets ahead early and backs up the starting pitching that may struggle as there's been times where, you know, when they lose, they don't, it's not usually close. So um, that's the only, I think they're a very complete team aside from starting pitching, but it's easy to get that picked up. I think Rutgers has a real shot of making a big run in the tournament, but beating Maryland or even in Illinois is going to be really tough to do. Okay. The big 12, I would say outside of the ACC, for me, this may be the second most exciting conference tournament of them all. We got it starting on Wednesday with Texas and Oklahoma State at 9, Baylor and TCU at 1230, Kansas State and Texas Tech at 4, and then West Virginia and Oklahoma at 730. And there's a lot of really good teams in this conference tournament. Some that stand out to me, obviously, Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas. And I'll start with you, Ben, because we were talking about this before we started. Why do you think Texas can win this? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. Going into the the season, everyone, there was a big consensus all around that Texas was going to be probably the best team in all of college baseball. And obviously, that didn't happen. But, you know, we thought that for good reason. They're great lineup. Uh, Ivan Melendez leads it. They're fantastic. It's just a fun team to watch with the, the, the big power stroke. They're, they're a team that a lot of people slept on, and they've really come back in the second half of the season, creeping back up into the top 25 around, I think they were like 14 or something. I forgot exactly what we looked at, but they're right in the middle of the pack of the top 25. But it's also this, like you said, aside from the SEC, it's probably the most stacked um, conference tournament. I think every single one of these teams has been in the top 25 at some point. Texas Tech is a team that really scares me if you're going up against them. And obviously, how can you not be afraid of TCU with the baseball they've been playing? But I don't sleep on Texas because they got the big names and the expectations that bring them into the season. People have written them off. That's not fair to do at all. Yeah, definitely. Because we know, as you said, how good they've been. And maybe a team that a lot of people aren't talking about, but I think could win a lot of games is Oklahoma State. We've we've seen them ranked, obviously, in the top five before. In previous top 25 rankings, they got some really good pitchers, obviously some nice hitters in their lineup as well. So, Pete, who do you like? Yeah, you hinted at it, but I think what makes this tournament so exciting and maybe the most exciting is there's an argument to be made for – really any of these eight teams to win it um obviously the top four you could shuffle that even the top five obviously with texas being the fifth seed you could shuffle that order in any which way of a big 10 of a big 12 power ranking and probably get no real guff about it 
Uh, a team that I like though is also from Oklahoma, but minus the state. Um, I like OU. Um, they've got West Virginia to start, and then they face the winner of Texas Tech and Kansas State. Now, it's all going to come down to where they want to use guys like Michael Trevin, or excuse me, Trevin Michael, Jake Bennett, Chaz Martinez. Those are their three arms that make the team go. Um, Trevin's a bullpen guy. Uh, Jake is their starting pitcher. If they want to, Jake Bennett's going to be available on full week on a full week of rest on Wednesday when they play uh, West Virginia. Or do they want to save him for a likely matchup against Texas Tech? So that's kind of the fun chess matches we get to see in both the conference tournaments and the regionals that I like. Who, when do you throw guys like Jake Bennett or Chaz Martinez? Um, but man, when all said and done, I'm trying to think of who could, it's a, it's a really good tournament. I like, I don't know how the bracket lines up. So this might not even be able to work. Um, I like Texas with Ben and I like Texas tech in a Texas, Texas tech championship. That works. That would work. That works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sweet. Okay, good. So I've got Texas and Texas tech and I've got Texas tech winning it. Um, they're really good. They've, they, they play at a launch pad, but their offense is legit with Jace young, um, Hudson white, um, Owen Washburn, a lot of others. And if they can pitch even a little bit, I, I think that, that they're going to come out on top here. But again, I, I could easily see even a team like West Virginia making a run with, yeah. they've got also good pitching waters, Hampton, Carlson Reed. I mean, it's really anyone's tournament, but at the end of the day, I like Texas and Texas tech in a nice little rivalry championship game. And um, I got Texas tech coming out on top. Great to see. Yeah, for sure. All right. The sec, and the same can kind of be said for some of these teams in the SEC, as we just said in the Big 12. A lot of these guys were previously ranked very high, and there could be some shuffling to be done. But as it stands right now, tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., will be Georgia, Alabama, then Florida and South Carolina. 4.30 is Vanderbilt, Old Miss, and then Auburn and Kentucky. The buys are going to be LSU, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Now, as we talked about a second ago, Arkansas, um, Vanderbilt, Florida, Georgia, they have all been staples in the top 25s for a couple of weeks. Maybe some have fallen off. Um, But I'll start with you, Pete, since we were talking about this in the group chat a couple weeks ago. What has been going on with Vanderbilt, and why do you feel like they're just not that good of a team? It's not, I think that they've got exceptional talent. You look at a Vanderbilt roster year in and year out, and you're never thinking that talent's the issue or coaching's the issue with Corbin. Um, I think it's just a little bit of what Stanford got out of the way in April, which was these growing pains and figuring out where everyone's fit. Everyone fits. We saw them tinker around with Christian Little in the weekend rotation this, this past weekend. We saw them use Pat Riley in more of a bullpen role. We've saw we've seen Pat Riley in a bullpen role. We've seen Nick Maldonado starting. Um, it, it's they're kind of just shuffling guys all around. Um, and I think a little bit also has to do with some of the pitching staff, not necessarily 
living up to their expectations, perhaps. Um, one guy is Nick Malinato. It doesn't help that he was hurt. I watched him against LSU and he was actually really good, but getting him back and healthy is, is, um, that's been a huge key. And we saw them skip Carter Holton's turn in the rotation this past, uh, this past weekend against LSU. And that screamed to me that they're lining him up to throw in tomorrow's game against Ole Miss, which if you guys, if the listeners don't, aren't they, if they're not super familiar with Carter Holton, he's one of the best left-handed pitchers in the country. And he's a true freshman. He's got explosive stuff he's a little dynamo on the mound he's he's fantastic and I think he puts them in a great spot to set the tone against Ole Miss which is a team dropped a series against Texas A&M sure but they've been really hot lately and they've been playing great so I I think tomorrow's game is is just going to come down to how Holton pitches if Holton can turn them if if Holton can give him a, a a quality start where he goes five, six innings, which I, I think that that'll be the longest they use him if they want to even bring him back for a hypothetical SEC title game on Sunday. Um, if they can give him, if he can give them five to six good ones, I, I think that they will, they'll beat Ole Miss and then they've, <laughs> they've got a tough trough. They win that any either team, if whether it's Ole Miss or Vandy, whoever wins that game has a, uh, they've got a tough draw on Wednesday. They, they got to play Tennessee. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And it, again, it's such a vanilla pick, but I've got Tennessee and Arkansas in the sec title game. um, And then Tennessee winning it until someone proves to me that they can beat Tennessee other than when they're half asleep, like they were Kentucky. um, Then there's, I, I can't pick against them. They've, they've, they have everything. They're deep everywhere. There are really no holes. So I got Tennessee, Arkansas and Tennessee winning it. LSU is a team though, where if anyone's going to come out of that bottom half, other than Tennessee, I've, I've got LSU. Um, they demolished Vanderbilt this weekend at the Hawk and they're a really high powered offense. It's just, do they have enough pitching to, to keep that Tennessee lineup at bay? Um, who knows if they do, but yeah, Tennessee, Arkansas, Tennessee winning it. I agree. I think Tennessee ends up coming out on top. Ben, what do you think? I think it's impossible to have another take aside from Tennessee coming out on top. Um, I will say, though, I like Old Misses. I mean, so I like Vanderbilt's chances against Tennessee better if they, in that uh, winner of game three, I guess, that, that would be game four or game seven, whatever. I don't really know how they talk about all these games. These but brackets are complicated. Yeah, the brackets are really complicated. But I think Vanderbilt would have a better chance of knocking them off, but I don't see how that's possible because um, Ole Miss just doesn't have the pitching to beat Tennessee at all. Vanderbilt at least has that, go- that, has that going for them. But I agree. I think Arkansas has a really easy path in bracket one to come out and face the champion of bracket two, which would probably ultimately be – Tennessee or LSU, like Pete said, but I think it's impossible that it's anything except Tennessee, um, Arkansas, and Tennessee coming out in front. I mean, there's just two powerhouse teams that have been in the top 25 the entire way. Yeah, I, Our, I, sorry to jump in. I, no, one sleeper that I was mulling as Ben was was given his great synopsis was Georgia up top. I I think that a lot of people may have not written them off, but they're just not focused on them in the SEC, given the firepower and the household names. 
but Georgia's quietly put together a good year. They've got good pitching with Jonathan Cannon up at the top. Um, a great lineup with Corey Collins, Corey Acton, the Tate brothers, uh, Cole Wagner. They're a team that could cause a lot of problems, and I could absolutely seeing that see them um, beating Bama and Arkansas to start this off and, and get on a path to the championship. So I think if anyone comes out of the top other than Arkansas, it's going to be Georgia. I like For that. Sure. I, I mean, we forget there was a time where Georgia and Georgia Tech were going back and forth in the top 25 rankings, just seeing who was better than each other. That was so I, I agree with that. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun week for sure. A lot's going to get decided. We're going to see who is maybe legitimate and who kind of falls off. So we will be back soon, probably recapping conference play. I know that I also want to have an episode out soon on the mock draft that I put out at justbaseball.com. So check us out there. Check us out on all the socials. It will all be in the show notes. And for Ben and Pete, this has been the Boys of Spring Podcast. We'll see you all soon. Subscribe to the YouTube.